0: Welcome to Let's Go There, a podcast featuring a group of women with a wide range of life experiences in dealing with everyday challenges. We hope you will enjoy this episode.
1: Hello Ava.
0: Hello Kim, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well and how about yourself?
0: I'm pretty good, thank you.
1: Amazing, amazing. Well, um, let's have a chat about domestic abuse.
0: Right, so shall we um, begin by um, just introducing ourselves a little bit?
1: Yep, that'd be fantastic. Would Should you like I kick off? Yes, of yeah, course. Yeah,
0: sure, sure. So, um, my name is Dr. Ava Canyaredzi, and I am a researcher and I'm also um, a senior lecturer. The University of East London, and I'm also one of the, um, the members, one of the lead members of the Black Church Domestic Abuse Forum. So really um, quite excited to talk about this topic. I don't think it's talked about enough. Uh, so it's wonderful to be here. Over to you, Kate.
1: Thank, thank you so much, Ava. Well, my name is Kim Bacchus. I'm an ordained minister. Um, my profession is I'm a strategic development coach and a trainer. And um, I actually motivate and empower women to really create opportunities and transform mindsets and behaviours. And I'm really a, a huge advocate for domestic abuse, which is very close to my heart. I'm actually one of the lead members of the BCDAF, and um, yeah, and like yourself, Ava, I'm really excited about the work that we're doing and um, and what we're going to be talking about.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. So uh, why don't we begin with um, thinking about what domestic abuse is, because it's you know it's 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 a strange term, isn't it? It's got the word domestic and abuse in the same term, but interestingly. Um, It's not really to do with the home so much. It's really to do with relationships. You know, the people who we come into contact with, and those people tend to be people who are close to us and most likely live with us. So this could include our intimate partners, our spouses. Um, Also, it could include children Uh Uh and um, in-laws. So domestic is can be a little bit misleading and it doesn't necessarily mean that behaviors happen only in the home so yes Mm -hmm.
1: Um, yeah indeed i i i i do know that the government guideline calls it an incident or pattern of incidents of controlling coercive or threatening behavior violence or abuse between those aged 16 or over who are or have been intimate partners or family members, regardless of gender or sexuality. So, yes, I do agree with you. I think um, um, domestic abuse is, um, it it can also, not only can it uh, occur in the home, it can occur outside of the home. It can occur in your workplace. It can occur everywhere where you are. So um, it's quite, um, it's not, you know, back in the days, you used to say domestic abuse was based on physical Abuse where someone, where you've just been beaten or, or been hit, but it really is not the case. There are so many different forms of domestic abuse, which is um, quite frightening, actually.
0: Absolutely. And even within the government guidelines, the sort of the UK government guidelines, uh, the forms that it lists are psychological, physical, mm. sexual, mm. financial, emotional. So, uh, we, I mean, we, we really want to um, kind of begin to think about what that means in terms of um, a relationship or a marriage. You know, what what does it mean to be, um, you know, psychologically abused by your partner? Can, can can you think of what that might mean for a person? Kim? Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. I think being psychologically abused by your partner is, is when... Uh, Mentally and emotionally, you've been, um, abused. You've been, it, it it is a control. Well, let's just, first of all, let's just say it as it is. I think, um, what it is, is domestic abuse is nothing but power and control. So it's about where a perpetrator will, will, Exercise power and control over another person. So, when we talk about psychological abuse, I think we're talking about psychological abuse around the mindset, around your thinking. Um, there's something called gaslighting, also, where you've been, you know, to be made that you're imagining things, that you're losing your mind, that you're crazy, and that um, you know you've been bullied and 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 tormented. So, psychologically, you are. Esc- you, you're becoming less and less of a person. Your your confidence is gone. Your self-esteem has gone low. Just a feeling of complete hopelessness that you've got no voice anymore. You can't say anything, and being quite dominated in the area where you are basically basically you're losing your identity, being uh, within the psychological abuse arena.
0: I mean, absolutely, and you know, in addition to that, that whole notion of. Coercion and control and controlling behaviors. You know, for a lot of uh, people who experience domestic abuse, it, it's kind of the drip drip effect. It, the person is not initially controlling, but there might be things in, initially in the first stages of the relationship where, you know, the person who's been victimized thinks, oh, you know, this person really cares about me. They want to find out where I am, they, oh, want, they, they, they want to find out whether I'm safe. And over time, what happens is the person who's been victimized re- realizes that more and more of their lives and their thinking um, is taken up by this person who's in their lives, who's supposed to love them. They're mm. thinking, about, you know, maybe how they dress, um, what they're doing at home. Yeah, absolutely. When, when when they're coming, when they're going, who they're going out with. So over time, a lot of that person's kind of support network might have been eroded by this person who just wants to be the only person who that person who's victimized is thinking about. Everything is about them. Mm. So oftentimes, you know, there's a classic saying, you know, why doesn't she leave in Mm. relation to domestic abuse? Because, you know, the the research says it's disproportionately um, women are victimized, although men can also be victimized by their partner's, Yes, to leave it, it can become very, very difficult to leave, and it takes a long while to realize just how much freedom that person has lost over the years, over the time mm. with that particular person. And also, leaving is dangerous. Yes, it's a dangerous thing. It becomes most dangerous when a person tries to leave a, a relationship where their partner is abusive. Um, they may experience stalking, where the person's you know kind of checking, watching them, um, and actually, um, you know, stalking or um, trying to leave a relationship, that's the time that um, the person who's been victimised is most at risk of even possibly losing their lives.
1: Yes, I totally agree with you.
0: Dangerous um, situation. So when (laughs) people say, you know, come on, you know, why doesn't she leave? You know, isn't she clever enough? Or how could that happen to him? It's, it's actually quite enmeshed and it's actually quite a complex set of things that have happened and that person in that situation is being quite strategic in trying to work out their safety if they have children what's going to happen if they leave this person and they have children what's going to happen to their finances if they leave this person where will they live it's a lot of things to consider
1: yes yes indeed I totally agree with you I think um, anyone that's going through domestic abuse and when, when that question is posed, why doesn't she just leave? I think it's um, you've got to really step in the shoes of a victim. Um, it's a different world altogether. A victim would have normalized her position and her condition as being normal. As this abuse is normal and for many women walking away from an abusive relationship could also make them feel very uncomfortable going into a different arena that they're not that they've not been used to um feeling a, a phase of well it's better the devil you know if you heard that saying so it's it's almost it's a psychological belief that if I leave, I can't survive without him, but if I stay, I could something could possibly happen to me, But the choice is it gears more to oh well, let me just stay and and maybe, and, and another thing as well, uh, with most victims as well, they believe that they can change their abuser over time they believe that they, they never met their abuser like that so they believe they can get back to that first love stage where they first met that person when they were a charmer when they were so nice when they were so kind to them and they do believe that they can change them over time and and you know they go through these diff- it's a cycle, isn't it because you've got the you know uh, you've got the honeymoon period where everything is a great, everything's fantastic, you've just probably experienced abuse, but that you know the perpetrator is apologizing, saying that they're sorry, buying you flowers, you know giving you chocolates and and making you feel that well you know th- you know that person's generally sorry, so you know what let me give them a second chance. And then it starts again where you feel that like you're either walking on eggshells or you're going to do something wrong. You can sense that that person is going to blow up any minute now. And then um, then it does happen. And then, you know, it, you know you're know, you in a situation where it's become, it could be between life and death now because you're being physically abused, mentally tortured, whatever the case may be, whatever abuse it is, abuse is abuse. And then we go back again to that honeymoon period where that person says, I'm so sorry. I didn't really mean to do that. You made me do it. And that's another thing as well. You know, it's a classic case of where they say, you made me do it. And it, it's, it's portraying guilt on the victim to say that if you didn't do this, I wouldn't have done that. But I do love you. But if you don't do it again, I won't do it. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle that, mm. that goes on. So, Yes.
0: Very much so. I want to touch on briefly, we're sort of coming towards the end of um, this session mm-hmm. or this conversation. I want to touch on briefly, you know, we're still uh, during the sort of COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and one of the things that's been found all over the world, actually, is that domestic abuse has increased exponentially during mm. the Why? Because for people who are experiencing domestic abuse, home is not the safest place in the world. Mm. Therefore, certainly in the UK, um, there's been clauses made within um, the, Co- the Coronavirus Act to enable women to, uh, or people who are being victimised um, by someone perpetrating domestic abuse, to leave their homes and get access to support. Mm. Can you imagine if you're being abused by somebody and you've been told to stay at home, there's no work. There's no dropping the kids to school. There's no going to your friend's house. Intense. I can't imagine. It's the, the worst, worst nightmare for mm. someone victimized by domestic abuse. But thankfully, there are support services. Um, uh, in Certainly within the UK, there's a national domestic abuse helpline that people can access, you know, on the Internet Um there are safe words that people can say, for example, if they go into um, shopping, shopping centres. There are ways in which people can access support and it's really really important that we know that people can access support. I wonder, in, in our last 30 seconds or so, Kim, if you can touch on um, you know, what, what is the best thing to do if a person thinks that someone they know is experiencing domestic abuse?
1: Well, I always say, don't go in there with all guns blazing because that doesn't help with when somebody's going through abuse. Um, I think it's a step-by-step process. I know that we're thinking, oh well, we don't have time. But you've got to judge it with it. You think it's an it's an absolute emergency where that person's life or the children's life is at stake. Safeguarding is so important here, and if that's the case, then you just you call nine 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 and you express that you know you do believe that somebody's in high danger risk. Um, if you have a relationship with somebody that you know is going through domestic abuse it is basically just building up that confidence and that trust with that person being there giving them advice if you have leaflets if you've got anything that you can help them with so that they know that that someone's at it's like a lifeline someone's at the end of the line should they need you and also um, maybe a code word you can give them to say if you're in problem if you if there's something that you need me send a text and and say this word to me, then I know that I should call the police, or I should you know come and get you um It's basically just navigating your way around that because in all fairness you've you know most victims of domestic abuse never really want to leave immediately, and they mm. need time, they need time to see they've got to get to a place where they say, You know what, I cannot take this no more, I have to Thank go." Him.
0: We have to go.
1: Ah, okay.
0: That's
1: been an interesting conversation.
0: Wonderful conversation. We can pick up again on domestic abuse for the next time. Yes. So thank you, you, Kim. Thank you, Ava. Yep,
1: it's been great.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you found it inspiring and insightful. If you have been affected by any of the issues raised today, feel free to contact the Association of Christian Counselors in your area. For more information about our ministry, please visit ntcg.org.uk slash WDN.